Hello and welcome to the Nutmeg Podcast, a version of the Scottish football magazine for your ears. I'm Daniel Gray and this is the Player Takeover. For the next two episodes, Michael Devlin has asked his former Aberdeen teammate Tommy Hoban to join us again. Michael felt there was still more to discuss about Tommy's decision to suddenly quit the game aged 27 and other revealing topics about the sheer fragility of being a footballer. The Nutmeg Podcast is sponsored by Orium, Scotland's Sports Performance Centre. Deepest thanks to them and to our Patreon supporters. Have a look at patreon.com slash nutmegfc and get behind us in exchange for goodies from just three quid a month. Those goodies include issues of our print magazine, the next issue of which, number 26, is out in early December. See nutmegmagazine.co.uk to get yours. Enough of that. Here's the podcast. Cute. Just on that, Tommy, and, and stop me if, if this is getting a bit too deep, but see, see when you come off the phone call from your manager, and you'd, and you'd told them how you felt and that you'd made that decision. How, how did you feel? Like it was the biggest relief. It, I felt like, like I, just, I, I, I know it sounds crazy, and, but like I genuinely felt free, if you know what I mean. Like I think football had just become like, you know, but when, when I started, the, where, where I wanted to be, I probably wasn't going to get to anymore. And as I kind of touched on before, everything was was just never good enough like no matter how good things were so in the moment it wasn't it was never good enough for me I always wanted more I wanted more I wanted more and when I kind of just when I got off that phone call and I just thought that's it like it's done I just felt yeah like the, the biggest weight of my shoulders just I felt like I could breathe like I was I was so nervous when I was about to make that phone call like, I remember I think I walked for about an hour like I kept on going to do it and I didn't do it and I went to do it and I didn't I called like a few different people. It's the guy um, Rob Blackburn who I was speaking to at the time. He's um, he helps footballers so with the mindset, and it's crazy actually because I, I started speaking to him probably because because I was struggling so sort of mentally and I needed some help. And um, he's he's brilliant. Like, he, he works with a lot of uh, you know, young players and helping to probably um, you know coach them on the the mindset of the game and how to approach the game and. The work that I did with him, it was probably too late for me, really. But he kind of made me realise, you know what? Um, it was the day before I spoke to him and then um, I ended up doing it. Um, it kind of made me realise that football isn't where my actual true happiness and it's what isn't what I, I really want to be doing anymore. And um, yeah, I called him before. I called my, you know, my, my parents, um, my agents. And yeah, uh, they kind of gave me a bit of a bit of like moral support before but I was still you know terrified calling the manager but yeah as once I did it I felt so much better and just um yeah I felt like I, I was taking control of my life again rather than for, for the first time I was my for the last you know since I was a kid like football had controlled everything and I was kind of it was almost um you know what it's like Mikey and yeah, I don't regret football for one minute. Football was amazing for me. But if you're good at football when you're a kid, you're almost kind of forced into football. Like you don't get any, there's no, if you're good, you're you're going to be playing and you keep getting a contract and you don't really think of anything else and you just keep going through, going through, going through. And I'd never really made a decision about my life or where I wanted, to, what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go with it. 
but I felt like that was the first time I actually made a decision about you know what I wanted to do rather than what sort of football led me to doing if you know what I mean yeah how, how did the manager take that not well <laughs> I don't think at the time to be fair he he kind of said um I you know he kind of said like what, what do you mean like he was just kind of I think he, he was completely shocked I was shocked everyone was kind of shocked you know it, it had kind of come out of the blue he's like he was like, like right um so what do you mean like you're 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 quitting yeah like I think he actually a part part of him thought that I was trying to like pull a fast one and just like get out of the contract because something else had come up and I was going to sign somewhere else so straight away he was like oh well, you can't sign somewhere else so you're going to have to we're, we're getting a contract put in place and he kind of went all you know football businessy which as he's as he probably is as he's going to do uh, I guess he's got a team to run a business to run he did say, oh, I think at the end, he said, oh, are you all right? Like kind of checking on, uh, are you okay sort of mentally and stuff? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just this kind of isn't sort of right for me. And, um, but yeah, that was, um, that was kind of it. He was like, well, I'm going to have to find someone else then. And I was like, well, yeah, you probably are. Um, good luck with that. And and then, yeah, his, that, you know, I, I wasn't at crew for very long, so we hadn't, um formed I guess a deep sort of relationship as I might have at you know another club maybe Abdeen or Watford something like that so um you know I didn't expect anything from him and um there wasn't sort of much back either way but you know that that's football football is a business they move it moves on so fast um kind of what you were talking about earlier there Mikey about them feelings of embarrassment like, like when you get injured oh I'm gonna get injured again they literally are all in your head because the game moves on so fast. The fans move on so fast. The only person that's thinking all of that is, is you and it's us. Like it's in our heads. Like when you're out of the game, you know, it's going to forget about you so quickly. And all of them thoughts, like you think it's the end of the world. You think people are thinking this, they're, they're, they're really not. Cause yeah, I kind of saw it. I had like really nice messages from people for maybe a few weeks. And then after that, you're you're gone. You're forgotten about. There's somebody else in and and that's it. It moves on. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny you say that because there's been a couple of times over the last few weeks where I've thought about that very thing that I suppose in a kind of quite a selfish way, you become wrapped up in your own self-importance and yeah. effectively how that's um, relating to everybody else. Yeah. In actual fact, when you put it, or when you try and flip it on its head and think about other lads in the team that have picked up an injury, mm. or other lads that have went through other things, and you think, how often do I think about that on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. It, you, you don't, you know, you don't, you're not looking at anyone with any real emotion, and it, unless you maybe see someone in a tough time, and probably through my own experience, that is something I try and look out for. I think yeah. a little bit easier to recognise. But generally speaking, like you said, I think you are consumed by yourself and your own personal circumstances to the point that you think everyone, you almost feel like it's the elephant in the room. Yeah. You're the elephant in the room to a certain degree. Yeah. <laughs> that everyone's kind of just looking at you thinking, he's, he's in a bad idea. Like, and, and that ain't the case, you know, because everyone's thinking about themselves, everyone's thinking about what they've got going on in their life. And exactly. they're just thinking about the collective. He's not just thinking about Mikey Devlin or Tommy Holman or whatever else, you know, but. Um, I think sometimes you, you do need to take that step back at, but in football and I, I dare say in life as well it's very very easy for that to swallow you up effectively and you're then just left and bouncing about inside your own head what was the next couple of weeks like for you then Tom after after you done that you know did you 
Did yeah. you make a decision to? I'm just going to sit with this for a couple of a couple of weeks or a certain amount of time. Or were you quite proactive in going after starting your financial planning course? Yeah, so I, I always knew that after football, financial planning was definitely something that I was going to definitely try first. So, so my dad, um, he's a financial planner. I'm very fortunate that yeah, he is my dad because yeah, going back to like retiring if I wasn't in the financial position to retire, I wouldn't have been able to retire. I would have still been playing now because, um, you know, I've got, I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. I've got a young family to support. And, um, but the financial planning work that my dad did with me from a young age, as soon as I started, you know, earning money and getting a, having a good contract at Watford, he put in place, you know, structures that really, really helped me. And, have enabled me you know to be able to step back when I was able to step back and kind of the impact that it has had on on my life kind of made me want to help other players in that in that same way when I did retire so I knew it was something that I definitely wanted to try and um I think the first couple of weeks I the first couple of weeks I kind of didn't do a lot I was still up in crew so it was more just kind of I just wanted to clear my head I was literally just spent time with the family which um bumming about in crew not really doing much just taking the dog for a walk coming home watching kids films but um but yeah I just kind of wanted to just just kind of relax for a little bit sit back calm down we kind of just planned the move back home um and we just wanted to get back get close to family and and just kind of just chill for a minute just take a breather and we probably did that for about yeah the first maybe two to four weeks I'd say and then after that I started to you know, right? Think, let's you know, life, life's got to move on. I've got a young family, even though I've been fortunate in you know the stuff that I've done financially. I was I was able to retire. I'm not in the position that I've got enough money for the rest of my life by no means. You know, I, I had a nice comfort blanket to kind of help me transition into this next career, but um, and it, and a second career was definitely needed. So then I started looking into um, you know speaking to my dad about the bigger picture, the long term. You know, he's got he's built up a successful business, and eventually he's gonna he's gonna retire, and he's got a lot of clients that are going to need looking after. But I'm by no means ready to take on that business, or yeah, um, ready to have the responsibility of all the clients. There's you know, there's there's a lot of training that's gonna be needed for me to get to that level. So we kind of just sat down together and came up with a plan, um, kind of a three to five year plan of. Um, kind of my development in this in this new career, kind of my training path. We looked at a few different ways for me to get qualified. And the starting block was to um do my do my exams, my financial plan exams to get sort of level four qualified, which is what you need to start advising clients. And there's further exams you can do, uh, which I plan to do later on um the line as well. So yeah, we looked at different ways to get qualified and um found a good sort of training program and then yeah I signed up for that I think it was probably in September so I think I retired at the start of August probably first of August and it's probably about four or five weeks later when I enrolled on this um, training program and and yeah so that took me about a year uh, to get qualified which was great and um Looking back, I actually wish that I had, while I was playing, started all of that a bit earlier. Um, I was always, while I was playing, I found it very difficult to commit 
I guess, the mental energy to anything other than football. Um, I always knew that probably the right thing to do would be to study, but I kind of convinced myself that if I if I focused on something else, I'm taken away from football and I need to give everything to football. And then when it finishes, then I'll give everything to something else. But looking back now, I think if I'd been doing something like been studying while I was playing, it probably would have taken a lot of the all the negative feelings while I was injured. It would have it would have um, given you know, me something to focus on. So outside of that, and then while I was fit, I think it also probably would have helped my performance in that, you know, I, I'm like you say, Mikey, you're an overthinker. I'm definitely an overthinker as well. You know, I'd be sitting at home just thinking about my performance, you know, for hours, just on the sofa watching TV, but I'm not actually watching it. I'm just thinking about that mistake I made or what I could have done here or what I should have done there. But I feel like if I started studying while I was playing, that would have probably had a beneficial effect on my performance just because it's good to you know to not think about football all the time you can really just you can definitely overthink it but yeah so so that was the the kind of month after getting in studying and then the studying took about a year and I finished the exams I think it was July time earlier this year and um, yeah sort of qualified now and starting to um, to see people go for meetings I've still definitely got a lot to to learn over the next few years and um, I'm lucky that I've got my dad alongside me sort of teaching me along the process but it's um it's been honestly really enjoyable so far it's interesting tommy that you mentioned um about battling that difference of whether or not you had the mental capacity to do both and that's probably been something along with a little bit of laziness as well but something that I've thought about for, for a long time in, in terms of actually going after and studying um, and doing something else but I think we spoke about it when we were texting a couple of weeks ago that um, I think certainly this this injury that I've had has really kind of focused me on thinking of the benefits that studying would have and apart from anything else part of that spiral and like you said something that I resonate with that you, that, or sorry that resonated with me that, that you said there was that feeling of a lack of control in my life that if things weren't going to plan in football what was going to plan in my life and I think having something else running alongside that which your circumstances are a little bit different that you, you've got Christina and the two kids at the moment it's just kind of me um, you know, I'm, when I come home for football, for the most part, I'm, I'm on my own, um, kind of doing long distance as well in my relationship. So that's not always there. Um, and I think having that would give me a massive comfort blanket almost that when things are going well, you still know you, you just continue the process. But also when things aren't going well, you know, you're working towards something. Mm-hmm. If the shit really hit the fan at any given point, you know, well, you know, I'm already on my way. And I think that was something that I had to try and confront the thought of that, that when I left Aberdeen in March, I, I then was faced with a situation where I thought, I don't have anything in place here. That And, and there was a, a big part of me was thinking a lot really similar to what you were telling me, that I, just, I don't know if I can do this anymore. Mm. You know, and go through all the same things that I've been going through and try again and then the failure and, and all that I could really see in the future was breaking down and failing again. At that point in March, there wasn't, the optimism of thinking I can get back to where I was or I could get back, not even where I was, Tommy, just 
I, I could get back fit because everything that I'd, it was almost learned behaviour. It was like the natural thing for me was to not be fit and to then have to move forward and think, I just thought, I don't know if I, I've got the, I, I don't think I've got the ability to actually go through that. So having something alongside it, I certainly think would have helped that. And everything that you've said there is, is certainly where I'm at just now and trying to kind of manoeuvre my way through that and put things in place like, like you did as well. But if I can try and do it alongside football, I think it'll have a huge, a huge impact in a positive way, you know, moving forward. Definitely, because the end day, Mikey, like even if you, you have the best career in the world and everything goes brilliant, it's ended at about 35 anyway, isn't it? Like you got another 30 years of like your working life ahead of you there. So it's crazy that we don't, like footballers don't plan for it more or, you know, we're not studying because we do have so much downtime, you know, when you go home from training, there's everyone could be doing something. And as you say, it will just give you that, that confidence because I've spoken to quite a lot of players recently and they're all probably around that kind of late 20s, early 30s kind of age. And it's only then when you start to realise, like, shit, I've, I've got a few years left here. What am I going to do? Like, I've I've got responsibilities. I've got family. But all I know is football. Like, oh, I'm going to have to try and become a coach. I'm going to have to try and become an agent. You know, that's the, the thing. There's only a couple of little options they can kind of go into because they've never you know explored anything else but there's a whole world of things out there that you could be you know studying like training for and so many companies as well like that they like to any footballers business they they love um ex-sports people because you know we, we probably don't even realize it but the amount of skills that we pick up just from being in that competitive like competitive environment the team environment there's there's so many jobs out there that um that you know are aware of them skills that we possess that we probably don't even know we have them and yeah you're you're a very hireable asset to to companies so you know if you're preparing yourself for that that second career which you're you're gonna have and you're gonna want to have like in the day even you have a great career in football and you've got enough money for the rest of your life do you really want to just sit around doing nothing after football like no of course not I think 90% of people are gonna you know, want uh, something, a drive, a purpose after football to, um, you know, to focus on. And it's not even just about the money, it's just about, you know, having that kind of fulfillment. And, um, yeah, I, I think there's a, a big problem in football that it isn't, you know, encouraged by by the clubs, by by agents, um, you know, that, that we should be studying and preparing for that um, transition to life after football. No, I, I, totally, I totally agree with you, Tommy. I've got more than reasons I think that I think for, certainly from a young age I think clubs don't do that I think clubs are quite happy personally just a small thing on that clubs are quite happy for boys to be 100% in the football and not contemplate anything other than football that for that to be the be all and end all and what they benefit out of is potentially having a couple of kids or a couple of players whatever that can come through an academy that benefit them and then you go if you go slightly deeper on that and you've got a youth squad you know the majority of kids don't get to where they need to be Where's the support for the kids in that? You know, I think me and Dan have spoken about that before. You know, in terms of that element of youth football and progression through, that's a that's a message I feel should be consistent through whether you're 16 coming in from school or whether you're 30 or 32 and coming yeah. in your career. You know, where's the support other than probably the PFA, both in Scotland and in England? Where's the support or where's the message from clubs that lads well, you need to do something else? Like you mm. need to be thinking about that. Of course, let your primary focus be football. That's what we're all here for. But what else are you doing? 
how else mm-hmm. you your life. Um, and then probably arrogantly and a bit ignorantly over the years, I thought I'll be I'll be fine. Um, you know, as things are gradually getting a little bit better and you step up, the amount of people told me that have said, listen, you taught your career, I'll be like that. And I used to think when I was 17, 18, aye, okay. Like, yeah. I'm going to have a long career in the game, I'll, I'll be fine. Um, now I sat 20, 29, I've missed the last couple of years. You know, there have been previous years I've missed before that. And you're sitting thinking, like I said, I was faced with that in March, thinking, shit, what am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I certainly think that having something else there would benefit not just me, you know, it would have benefited you at the time as well. Obviously, things have worked out, which I'm delighted for you that it has done. But I think it would benefit a lot of people in terms of taking away that pressure that we all feel when you're in a football environment because it's the be-all and end-all to be in the team, to be playing well for contractual reasons, for trying to get a move or whatever it may be, for stability. Like, everything that we do revolves around playing and being fit and healthy. And if you're deviating to that for whatever reason, you just you suffer this a massive amount of pressure and um, anxiety almost, I think, that was probably yeah. coming through. And it took me a long time to realise what that was, but certainly I think that's, that's where we are now. A year on, you know, just give or take from from making that decision last year. You came through your, your year of studying, you've got your qualification. Is Tommy Hoban happy now? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think I am, but I'm starting to learn that, like, it, that isn't probably the question, to be honest. I'm never always going to be happy because, um, and that's fine. And that's fine, if you know what I mean. So before when I was playing football, it was, as I say, it was expectation after expectation. I was setting goal after goal after goal. And if I wasn't there, um, things, you know, things are terrible and, and I'm not happy. And I've almost fell into the, the habit of doing that again. So obviously I'm starting, I'm working you know, within my dad's existing business and trying to kind of set up a branch of the business within within football and within sport and helping you know young players um all players to prepare for for life after football so they've got you know that almost like that like I touched on before that kind of financial comfort blanket just to to help make the transition as comfortable as possible and then you know create the best lives for them that um you know they, they can possibly live and I'm starting to you know there's been a few times where I'm thinking right well I need to get every single player in the country has to be, has to become my client. Like I need, I need all these guys. I need all the top premiership players. And if I'm, if I don't get all of them, it's a, it's a failure. It's, um, then it's not good enough. And I'm, I'm, there was, there's been a few times this year where, you know, if things have been a bit quiet for a while or I'm not getting, to, you know, too many people I'm speaking to, um, I kind of started to get myself down, but I'm learning, as you say, kind of to, to kind of just separate, um kind of the ambition just from from the day to day so i'm not set i'm trying my best to not set myself goals to not set myself targets and just to enjoy each day enjoy what i'm doing enjoy helping people be that one person be that a, a hundred people you know whatever it's going to be i just want to do a good job for the people that i'm working with and 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 try my best to help them and 
if I'm doing that every day, that's that's a success, and that's that's um, you know in a career wise, that will make me happy. You know, not not by you know conquering the financial advisory world and 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 having every client. And I think it, it's it's all about that balance as well. So I'm trying to really get focus on that you know kind of work life balance and just enjoy my family. I'm not just before I felt like I was always just Tommy Oden the footballer and life was only good if the football side of things was going really well then then that means everything is good and I'm happy but you know there's like you now the stage of the life that I'm at now you know I've got my, my family my friends my job I'm playing a little bit of football now with my friends as well um you know so I've actually got seven aside tonight in a few in a couple hours yeah, that that's a part of my life as well like there's lots of different parts of my life and I don't need to, it's, it doesn't isn't all pinned on one part of my life makes me happy anymore it's um, it's it's a it's a big picture and um as I say I, I don't get that right all the time there's still definitely times where I get kind of caught up in or oh, I need to be here I need to be here but I'm really just trying to I try to you know kind of snap myself out of that remember that it's I'm not just one thing. I'm, I'm many things, and I don't need to pin sort of my happiness on on just a singular a single part of my life anymore. Tommy, it's been brilliant. Thank you very much for your time um, over this recording and the previous one. Um, I like to see you doing well. Still got the same struggles as as we always had. I'm sure. As you've just always, said. Michael. Always, it's always a struggle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm delighted, Jamie. I'm delighted that things have worked out, and and you're feeling kind of more yourself and enjoying things as they are. I hope that continues, mate. Thank you very much, Michael.